Hi, I'm Isa Kwonga. And I'm Ryan Hun. And we co-host Stadio, a football podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. If you like soccer or football, make sure you search for Stadio, a football podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com FYC. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. It is Thursday, January 4th. Sunday night after football, the award season officially kicks off with the 81st Golden Globes. That sentence is something I haven't really been able to say since 2020 because it's been quite a ride for the Golden Globes over the past few years. I don't need to get into all the details, but it's actually pretty remarkable. There was an LA Times article in 2021 that noted that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association had no black members, and that some members asked weird questions at press conferences and were otherwise kind of unprofessional, which, by the way, everyone in Hollywood already knew. It was a running joke how kooky and possibly corrupt this group was, so much so that Ricky Gervais would basically say it on the show every year. Inside the show, you could always tell who was HFPA because they'd be wearing big hats or outrageous outfits. Everyone played along in Hollywood because they put on a fun award show. It served as a great promotional platform for TV and especially for movies on the road to the Oscars. And viewers loved the show. Honestly, it was always among the higher rated of the award shows every year. Nobody cared who the voters are. They just want to see celebrities partying together. But after that article, all hell kind of broke loose. There were calls for a boycott. All the studios distanced themselves. Tom Cruise and Scarlett Johansson gave back their globes in protest. Yes, the noted social justice advocates Tom Cruise and Scarlett Johansson. And a group of celebrity publicists saw an opportunity here. They wanted to put the squeeze on an organization that, unlike most of the media, they couldn't actually control because the HFPA wielded a ton of power thanks to its very popular award show. Long story short, the Globes were kicked off TV for the 2022 show. There was a real question whether they'd survive at all. Keep in mind, this was a show that NBC paid more than $60 million a year to air. The billionaire Todd Bowley, who owned Dick Clark Productions, which produces the Globes, he finally stepped in. He became the interim CEO of the HFPA. He then disbanded it. He turned it into a for-profit organization, brought in Penske Media, which owns all the Hollywood trade publications. And together, they went about trying to reform the Globes in order to salvage the asset. They expanded the voters from about 90 to 300 from all over the world. They diversified the group. They booted some of the problematic members. And they ended those live press conferences that the publicists didn't like. NBC agreed to air last year's show on a one-year deal, but it was bumped to a Tuesday, and the ratings dropped to just 6.3 million viewers. The last pre-pandemic show drew 18 million viewers, so definitely a massive drop. The Globes were then shopped to all the networks and streamers. Nobody bit at the price that Boley and Penske wanted. And then when the strike ended, they dropped the price, so CBS did a one-year deal. And here we are. 
Globes are back on Sunday with an NFL lead-in, a nice salvage, a new host in Joe Coy. And they're like an athlete in a contract year. They're trying to overperform to land a multi-year contract. Will it work? And will the stars show up to support a show they were boycotting not that long ago? To help me break all this down, I got Brooks Barnes from the New York Times in here. He covers the entertainment business and been following every step of the Globes saga. So today it's the Golden Globes. Is it unkillable? From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with Brooks Barnes of the New York Times. He's a senior writer there and covers the entertainment industry. He's one of the rare journalists who is a fantastic writer as well as a fantastic reporter and a nice guy. So welcome, Brooks. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. All right. So I love the Golden Globes saga, partially, I think, because it highlights so many of the interesting and often ridiculous aspects of modern Hollywood. To me, you have to have a grudging respect for the Golden Globe. For one, <laughs> it's unkillable. It is unkillable. It is. I mean, the Los Angeles Times did, what, 50 articles or something? Put all of its power behind it. Oh, unkillable. yeah. They thought they were going to get a Pulitzer. But also, there are a few greater examples of Hollywood hypocrisy than the Golden Globes. Absolutely. And it encompasses everything. The diversity debate, the egos of the awards race, the promotion, the public posturing, the hypocrisy. And the biggest aspect of this is that it's all fine now, or presumably all fine, right? The Globes are back. The Globes are back. I mean, I just think scandal and controversy is baked in the DNA of this thing. You can do as much sort of window dressing as possible, but going back over the years, there are just so many times that the Globes have been almost at the edge of going away and have built themselves back up it's just too great of a money-making opportunity, right? And promotion. I mean, that's been my position from the beginning on this, is that, yes, this is a illegitimate, if you want to use that term, or corrupt or kind of dicey organization. And the awards are somewhat goofy, although their track record in recent years is actually probably better than the Oscars. The thing is, they are a promotion platform. The history of Hollywood is promotion. The Oscars exist because the studios got together and said, we need something to promote our product. Yeah, it's a big fat advertisement for Hollywood, right? Yeah, it's a big advertisement. Exactly. And comes at the perfect time of year. They were smart. They staked out that first Sunday in January. So the nominations would be out over the holidays. And despite all of the controversy, it has not stopped the studios from advertising their Golden Globes nominations. And most of the public does not care. They want to see celebrities drinking and getting awards and giving each other side eye and the whole thing. To me, the Globes do best when they lean into that. It's the party of the year branding and they do less well when they act like they dress up in award show drag. And this year, I'm curious about how they're going to pull that off because they're working so hard. Give the the town, this idea of we're less tacky, we're more serious. We have right. serious people involved. That's part of how they're trying to woo people back. Yeah, they got real producers to do the show. They expanded the categories to six nominees for each category, which I think is a mistake. They did that because they wanted more opportunities for celebrities to attend. You know, some boycott, then others might come in their place. And, you know, they're serving Nobu for the food. I mean, the joke at the Globes was always there was no food. (laughs) 
I mean, that's how they, why people got so drunk. Can we just talk about the cinematic and box office award since you brought up the expansion of categories? Yeah, so they did a couple of things this year under the new management to try to get more celebrities in the room and I think to put a fresh new face on the show. They added a comedy category. I think that was a nod to Netflix. You know, the Globes has been trying desperately to get Netflix to air the show. They Mm -hmm. thought they had a deal before the strike this year. Netflix ended up going with the SAG Awards instead of the Globes. And I think they added this comedy category because they know Netflix cares very much about comedy. Ted Sarandos and Netflix is a huge comedy fan. So now they have a stand-up category. Um, They added this popular box office or, you know, cinematic achievement. What what is the exact title? The Cinematic and Box Office Achievement, which is the example of the more the globes change, the more they stay the same. Because this is the screwiest category when you start looking at it. Well, it's Taylor Swift and Tom Cruise nominated in the same category. Correct. When the Academy said they were going to do the popular film, right? Everyone had it like absolute conniption. This is the degrading of the awards. What are they going to do next? The best Oscar for on-screen nudity? And absolutely, there was zero comments <laughs> i know no one cares so, no it just has a whiff of the espies where yeah. it's like you're giving the award for best football team is going to go to the team that won the super bowl congratulations you're the best football team it's like there's a thing called box office that anoints the winner of the year and shocker barbie is nominated for yeah. Best cinematic achievement in box office. But there are a couple other things that are interesting there, too. So the Globes, when they announced this, they said, oh, well, streaming movies will also be eligible. (laughs) And the way that they'll be eligible is that we'll rely on, quote, trusted industry sources to decide whether they have a commensurate amount of box office reviews. Okay, then they say movies that open by the end of the year are also eligible and we'll determine that based on projections, again, with trusted industry sources. Like, come on. Do you think Taylor will show up? Taylor Swift? Um, On the one hand, she has Hollywood aspirations, right? Oh, yeah, she's got a deal to make a movie with Searchlight. She's been there before. She came to the show. I saw her there once. She acted in Cats. Like, she did. She was not there for cats. <laughs> I believe she had a song in one of the movies that was nominated and she did show up. Okay, fair. But uh, she could, she could, who knows? Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the perception around town. And w- when you talk to, I know you avoid publicists for celebrities as much as I do, but when you talk to the PR people, do they feel like they won in their battle against the Globes? I mean, arguably, they got what they wanted in the sense that they took on this organization. They said, we don't like the diversity stats, although that was pretty rich coming from mostly white publicists, almost exclusively white publicists that have very non-diverse PR firms. They didn't like the press conferences that their clients were subjected to, that the HFPA members would sometimes ask weird questions or act inappropriately. Those are mostly gone. They happen over Zoom now, and the questions are kind of moderated. So the publicists kind of got what they wanted, right? The feeling is very much that the publicists won among the publicists. They hated those press conferences. The, the clients hated them. They couldn't control the questions. It often became sort of a petting zoo with some of the more egregious members wanting photos and autographs even. Like, that's not professional. Yeah. Although in their defense, I had always taken the position that the 
publicists just didn't like it because they didn't control it. You know, in this day and age, 99% of celebrity media is controlled by the celebrity. So this was an area they didn't control because these HFPA members had a powerful award show. So what was the publicist going to do? Say, no, you can't have Jake Gyllenhaal for your press conference. Okay, well, he's not going to get nominated. That's exactly it. It's that they couldn't control what actual questions were asked, but also Mm -hmm. that it was like they had them over a barrel, right? If you have to do this, you sorry, you suck it up, you have to go, or your movie's not getting promoted, you're not going to get the nomination. And let's be honest, the Globe's platform for promotion is pretty significant. I mean, assuming they can get the ratings up. Pre-pandemic, this show was getting 18 million viewers a year. I mean, long time ago, it was more than that. But even on a Tuesday night, it was almost 7 million viewers. I think the ratings are going to go up on CBS. It is the CBS audience that likes award shows, older, female. It is on after NFL. It's got that lead in. And I do think the ratings are going to go up significantly. And that's a powerful platform this time of year, not to mention the signaling for the Oscar race. Everybody's always known that the Globe's voters are very different from the Oscar voters. There is really nothing about them that would signal that you're in a pole position to get an Oscar nomination. However, they tend to match up and the momentum you get off of Globe's wins can be significant when you are powering that phase two of the Oscar race. It doesn't always line up. Last year, the big winners at the Globes were the Fableman and Banshees of Inisherin, and neither won anything at the Oscars, and they got a lot of nominations, but zero wins. At the same time, the second push of, of Oscar campaigning, those studios see it as crucial, and it can matter. Like Remember the year that Rami Malek won oh, Best yeah. Actor at the Globes? His speech really landed, mm-hmm. and that, I feel like, made the Oscar voting body take that film a little bit more seriously, look at it maybe a little differently. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The reason CBS is doing this, I think, is a couple of things. First of all, the price to air the show came down significantly. I mean, I'm they were getting 60 plus million dollars a year. Which is incredible, which is absolutely incredible. It is unbelievable. The, the guys who did that deal pre-pandemic to keep the, the Globes on NBC, I mean, one of the great deals of all time, $60 million. Then the scandal hits, NBC uses it as an excuse to get out of the deal because they see that ratings for all linear television is dropping. And this is now a scandal-tarred organization. So 
the Globe's air on NBC in 2022, but on a Tuesday and in a one-year deal. Now it's on the open market. Netflix falls through. And I am told it's in the 10 to 15, maybe a little higher range for the CBS deal. And it's a one-year deal. And basically, CBS did this because thanks to the strike, they have no new shows to air after football. They have been <laughs> airing Yellowstone on Sundays. And they can then come back after the show. And if it does well, maybe consider running it again. Yeah. But uh, they don't have to commit. I loved that when I actually respected this, when CBS announced that they were they, it would air George Cheeks. His comment in the in the statement was something you know. I you expect them to do the normal Hollywood thing. It's the biggest and best da da da. Right, party actually, of the year. It was very honest, and it was like we needed a platform to promote our winter schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly like that, but but no, yeah. but that but that's that is interesting because that statement is for the town. It's not for the public, correct? Because correct. the town needed CBS to tell them why they would get into bed with the Globes. And they're honest. This is a business. Got to promote. And this is something that they can put on their, you know, their ad sales calendar and sell some ads after football. And they can put promos for all of their upcoming shows and they can get people to watch. I think that the return of the Globes, the effort to rebuild the Globes is important for Hollywood at the moment, in part because Hollywood's in really desperate need of a reboot, like mentally. You know, last year was really hard. And there does feel like a need for some sort of look, we still are glamorous. We still have cultural cachet. You know, they, it's, it's an insecure crowd. <laughs> yeah. They, they like that moment. Yeah. And it comes at a time when the entire genre of award shows is in question. I mean, the ratings have dropped pretty significantly from the heyday. The transition from linear TV over to streaming is unclear whether award shows will be a part of that even. I mean, Amazon has taken a chance on a couple of music award shows. I have heard anecdotally that the numbers on those are have not been good. Netflix is the big one. They are trying with the SAG Awards this year. We will see if Netflix gets any return on that. I think the entire award show economy is praying they do. The Oscars you know, have come down from their heyday. Still, we just saw it was the highest rated non-sports show of the year again. But the Oscars do not even air live on streaming. It's a tragedy that the Oscars have not figured out how to get onto streaming as well as ABC. And I just think everyone is kind of like wondering, do people want to celebrate us anymore? That's a good question, right? And I think the answer is, People like seeing celebrities. They like the old-fashioned glamour, but it's become so packaged. And the chance that people will see a tipsy celebrity at the right. Golden Globes is almost zero, right? <laughs> but it's slightly—it's it's like the Matt Damon line. It's—it's it's not zero. It's only—it's almost zero. It's almost zero, and it's higher at the Globes than it will be at other shows. That's true. That's true. <laughs> One thing I'll be curious to see on Sunday is what's the tone and mood of people? You know, I think that there's going to be a a ribbon for the hostages in Gaza. I'm Mm -hmm. sure people will be talking about that. That's important, but it's also what viewers tend to not like. A little, fine. They they hate hate the politics. I mean, uh, listen, if you go outside of New York or LA and watch these shows and someone launches into a speech, the eye rolling and the channel changing is just like hand in hand. 
And that's always been the part of the Globes that people like is that there's less of that, not none of it, but there is less of that because it is one after another star, star, star. Also, it's interesting that the after parties for the Globes are not in the Beverly Hilton, or at least not all of them. I've got a couple invites to the parties that are elsewhere in Beverly Hills, but not in the building. And that used to be a big part of the Globe's appeal is that all the parties would be in one place and everybody could kind of kind of party hop. Um, not the case this year. They're going elsewhere. It's interesting that they have not announced the two big Lifetime Achievement Awards. No, they're not doing them. Oh, really? I yeah, that. I confirm that. They're not doing a Cecil B. DeMille Award this year. They couldn't get anyone. Or a Carol Burnett. Or a Carol Burnett. They are blaming the timing of the strike. They got Joe Coy to host, who's a stand-up comedian, but they really wanted Ali Wong. They wanted Eddie Murphy. They were trying for a while. I mean, they, they had this grand scheme to get Dave Chappelle to host the Globes last oh, year, no. and they were going to pay him a fortune to host the Globes. They thought he would be sort of a modern Ricky Gervais and would be irreverent and kind of attack everybody. That ultimately never worked out. I mean, obviously they weren't Chris Rock. That never went anywhere. But no disrespect to Joe Coy, but that's a long way from Tina and Amy. The lack of Lifetime Achievement Award winners might actually be good for the broadcast because where <laughs> politics have really seeped into the Globes has been in those winners. Meryl Streep, you remember yeah. Oprah oh, Winfrey. Oh, remember Oprah's big speech Absolutely. after Me Too? That was actually good. I, I was there for that one. That was, that was inspiring. But uh, yeah, most of them are not that. And sadly, we will not have the Golden Globes ambassadors, formerly known as Mr. and Miss Golden Globe. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Golden Globe things ever. Yes, they've quietly gotten rid of, of Miss Golden Globe, which, you know, they rebranded it the Golden Globe ambassador, which no one ever, ever said has always been Miss Golden Globe. And you Mr. Know. They and did Mr. have a couple guys. They did have a couple guys. They, yeah, that was, was the best. That was the most ridiculous tradition in Hollywood, yeah. that a, a son or daughter of a celebrity would be the quasi host or friend of the Globes and go to press conferences and appear off stage, And that was just a thing that happened for decades. My favorite was the year, that, actually, not my favorite. There's so many favorites. The, the, the year that Lorenzo Lamas's son was Mr. Oh, one year. That, yes. My favorite was the Stallone sisters. The Stallone sisters. We did a cover of The Hollywood Reporter with the Stallone (laughs) sisters. That exists somewhere on the internet. You can find it. I wrote a whole article. It was there coming out. I mean, in in that way that we talked about, about the Globes being saying so much about Hollywood. Yes, Miss Golden Globe was ridiculous, Mr. Golden Globe, but also functioned in a lot of ways as like the social coming out for the children. Yeah, it's like a debutante. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You get to, you know, parade yourself in front of these 90 foreign journalists who get to ogle you, and then you get to be on national TV in front of 30 million people. I think that doesn't really fit with the rebranding of the Golden Globes to have a Nepo baby as uh, in that role. So, right. Yeah, they should make a call the Nepo baby award. So, let's take the most positive scenario and the disaster scenario here. What is the most favorable outcome of the Globes? I'm talking from a business perspective, not who's going to win. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that elsewhere. What's the best positive business outcome for the show? The viewership, I think, right? That the fact that this thing can come back from the dead can serve as the promotional platform that Hollywood wants and that it serves the awards economy, right? There's so many hands out from 
the people who lay the red carpet, to the caterers, to the limo drivers, to the uh, stylists. It's a huge money-making endeavor once you look at it in sort of uh, in full. But the best case scenario, I think, is CBS has a good result here. The ratings go up. They have something to promote. And they take a look at this for a longer-term deal. And perhaps the owners, Dick Clark and Eldridge, perhaps they can leverage this into a long-term deal, either with CBS or elsewhere. I think the ultimate goal is to lure Netflix back into the the bidding here. Less is at stake than last year when they, the first year after the cancellation, they landed the plane. But this year, it has to grow. Yeah. And obviously, the worst case scenario here is something bad happens on stage, whether the group is called out or there's a big celebrity that gets up and says, you know, this is an illegitimate organization or the ratings suck or there's some kind of thing to call into question the long term viability of the show. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. Do you think the best path for this show would be on streaming or for any show for that matter? I'm still not sure if anyone wants to go on Netflix and watch an award show. I think that it has to be there in addition to, right? Like you need to fish where the fish are, right? That's why I'm not so sure. I, you know, Netflix is an attractive partner just because they have the huge global reach. But if I were controlling these rights, I'd try to keep them on linear TV in some fashion as long as possible. Yeah, that's the, you know, it's the old power of broadcast TV, the biggest, the broadest, the oldest. <laughs> I know. And in 30 years, the globe still exists or does this a lo- is this a long fade out? I have to think that they still exist in some way, like going back to the beginning about them being unkillable. People forget Hollywood has such a short memory that, you know, the the government forced them off the air in the 60s. The whole reason why Dick Clark Productions produces the show is because Dick Clark himself rescued them and got them back on television after being forced off. And they said, "Okay, you can produce this show as long as we're on NBC. And then CBS itself dropped right. the show after the Pia Zadora debacle in the 80s and they built themselves back up. It was turned into a glorified press conference the year after the, the writer's strike in 2000, when was that, nine? I think and nine, yeah. that the years after that were, were terrible in the ratings, but up, 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 up. I think that ultimately, you know, celebrity wins. I think the Globes need to stay around. It is the award show Hollywood deserves. It really is. <laughs> I agree. And I'm going to make you come one year. You know, they didn't invite me this year. They invited me last year, but they have not invited me yet. Really? That's a, I feel like that's an achievement. I, who knows what, what's going on there? Remember, they had that controversy because they, invi- they have a, 300 voters now, and they're not allowing yes. them all to come yes. to the show. And more nominees. Right. They have more nominees. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's okay. Uh, I don't feel slighted. I will be offering snarky commentary from uh, my home desk um, and my colleagues, uh, Nicole and Kyle, will be there. Excellent. All right, Brooks, thanks for coming on. I'm going to force you. You and I are going to go to the Globes together someday and, oh, okay. and just endure it all and luxuriate in the awfulness. <laughs> elbow to elbow. I'll do yes. it. All right. Thanks, Brooks. Thanks. I appreciate it. We are back with the call sheet. Craig, are you going to be watching the Golden Globes this Sunday? 
Hell yeah. I love the Globes. I've always watched the Globes. I love award shows. Globes particularly with their Gervais stuff, the Polar and Tina Fey. I feel like I grew up in the perfect time for the Globes. Okay, but you're not watching because you really care who wins Best Actress in a Limited Series. You want to see the party. Yeah, I, I want to see the party. I like the fact that TV stars and film stars are in the same room. And I also think, look, most of the stars that we love, like the true A-listers, your Leos, your Emma Stones, like those people are not online. You don't actually see them very much. Uh, other than when they're doing like awards campaigning and when they're at something like the Globe. So I actually do think it's still worth it uh, to see. And, you, and it's worth it to you to watch, not just follow along on social media. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't know if every other 29 year old agrees with me, but I, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I wonder about that, too. But the Globes, I think this is going to be a good year for the show. Last year, Jettison to Tuesday, the show got six point three million viewers, not great, all-time low. This is a show that during the 2010s was averaging 18, 20 million viewers a show. Not the Oscars, but up there with the Oscars and the Grammys. Post-pandemic or during the pandemic, just absolutely cratered. I'm actually going to say, I, I don't know that it's going to get to 10 million viewers, but I think 8, 9 million viewers is pretty doable for this show, which would be a big increase from last year. Yeah, it's going up against a big Bills-Dolphins game that the NFL flexed to Sunday night. It's a battle for the AFC East. A lot of these Week 18 games don't matter, but this one does matter. One NFL question or, or note I had for you is that, one, you were talking with Brooks about if Taylor Swift will go to the Golden Globes. Another wrinkle to this is that the Chiefs are playing in, in Los Angeles on Sunday, and their game is at 125. And Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey will not be playing in this game because it doesn't matter to the Chiefs. Uh, oh, they'll interesting. Be, they'll be sitting. So will Andy Reid and the Chiefs organization allow Travis Kelsey to leave this game early to attend the Golden Globes with Taylor Swift? My guess is yes. Wow. I think, I think they, that would why be a would terrible they not? look. It's a terrible look to have your player not attend the football game. No, no, no. He will attend the game and then they'll put him in a limo and take him to the Globes. The game is at 125. The game won't end until 4. Game ends at 4. Globes start at 5. Maybe a helicopter. I don't know. But it's not far from Inglewood to Beverly Hills. Taylor obviously could go before or whatever, but you don't think CBS, which is an NFL partner, <laughs> by the way, you don't think CBS would reserve a front row seat for Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? And CBS is airing the Chiefs Chargers game. Maybe it won't happen because the NFL wouldn't like that it would compete with their Sunday Night Football I just think game. it's a bad look. If he has to leave the game early to go to the Golden Globes as they're in, in the playoffs. But he's not just, playing. I know. It's still weird. I mean, what, is he going to be on a tuxedo on the sidelines just waiting to helicopter over? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But I don't know. I mean, you you make a good point. Uh, maybe they won't. And maybe they have recognized they're a little overexposed and they don't want to do this. You know, these award shows do tend to create memes and the online chatter is still pretty I don't know. I'm not them. sure. I'm 50-50. I feel like he could be there, but them playing at 125 makes it makes it possible. Yeah, it's probably a little wishful thinking on my part. I am begging somebody at CBS to make this happen. Somebody, you know, just <laughs> hold open a seat, boot Greta Gerwig or uh, Leo DiCaprio to a side table to get them front and center. You know, Taylor is supposed to direct a movie. So maybe she wants to, you know, network with the Hollywood people. And as we learned from the New York Times profile of Travis Kelsey's business managers, he really wants to be an actor. He's very jealous of The Rock. So maybe he should be working that room. Yeah, he, he can star in her directorial debut <laughs> action flick. <laughs> that would be so bad. <laughs> All right, that's the show for today. I want to thank my guests, 
Brooks Barnes. I want to thank producer Craig Holbeck, our editor, Jesse Lopez. And I want to thank you. We will see you next week. 